This is KGNU, Boulder, Denver, and Fort Collins. And today I am joined by musician, Grammy winner, MacArthur Award winner, and more, Rhiannon Giddens. Welcome to the program, Rhiannon. Thanks. Thanks for having me. So coming up on March 29th and March 30th at the Robert and Judy Newman Center for the Performing Arts at the University of Denver, the Nashville Ballet will be presenting Lucy Negro Redux, an original ballet choreographed by Nashville Ballet's artistic director, Paul Vasterling, based on Caroline Randall Williams' book of poetry of the same name, and for which you wrote the music. So can you tell me a little bit about how your involvement in this ballet came to fruition? I was living in Nashville, like kind of for a very brief time, and Paul reached out to me, I think. I can't quite remember how exactly it happened. We were, I think he he reached out and I met with him, and I think that it was even like, would I want to contribute a song or something to the ballet? And we kind of ended up with me saying that I would do the whole thing, (laughs) which was very exciting to me. You know, I'm very, very into new experiences. And um, luckily I had just made the acquaintance of Francesco Teresi at the time, and he was just a perfect partner to pull in because he actually wrote quite a few of the tunes with me. We, we, we had a sort of improvisational composition, compositional process. He would sort of lay down a key, like a chord, progression then I would just kind of improv over it and we would sort of create you know some of the pieces like that so to answer your question that's kind of how it started (laughs) and you have composed so many different types of music and you play so many different types of instruments and you know you're just such a multifaceted musician so how has composing for this ballet been different than some of the other composing that you do well what I love about this is that it is dance music you know so it kind of takes me back to where i started it was with instrumental music i mean i as a musician i started with voice obviously i did opera but when i started playing fiddle and banjo it was really for dancing it was, it was it's all dance music for cloggers or for square dancers or whatever and so it has that kind of rhythm and feel to it so it was actually i think it's one of the reasons why i said yes was the opportunity to go back to dance music, but a different kind, you know, it's a different kind of dancing, but ultimately it's the same. It is for dance, you know? So even if it's not like a jig or something, it's still, you have to stay in a, you have to be really aware of how fast you're playing and what the feel is and watching the dancers respond to that feel. That's just something that I really loved about my early career. And it was an opportunity to kind of explore that again in a totally different context. How was interacting with the storyline of the ballet? And can you tell us a little bit about what audience members can expect? Well, that was the other kind of big hook for me, in addition to being dance music, was that it was to get to work with Caroline Randall Williams, who's the poet that um, she wrote a book of poetry called Lucy Negro Redux that was inspired by, there's a, an academic in Britain who had had written an article about this possible inspiration for Shakespeare's Dark Lady sonnets, which are very famous sonnets that he wrote. And this, this academic like kind of proposed that it could be this black woman who owned a brothel that Shakespeare, you know, might have frequented and and her name was Lucy, Black Lucy, you know, Lucy Negro. She had a lot of different aliases, but a woman of African descent living in London, of which there were many people of color in London at that time, 
I mean, even like Queen Elizabeth at some point is like, can we get these black people out of England? I mean, there was enough to make comment, you know, people kind of think this is a recent thing, but it's not actually, you know, there's always been movement of people. And um, she was so inspired by the idea of some of the most beautiful poetry of in the English language being inspired by a woman who looked like her, you know, that she wrote this incredible book of poetry and Paul wanted to set it as a ballet. And so my music kind of spans a lot of the stuff that she talks about in the in the book of poetry because she kind of goes to antebellum images as well as Shakespearean, you know, sort of London images and ties it all together. And she's actually in the production as well. So the poetry is alive with her, with the music that Francesco and I are doing and then the dance, you know, so it's it's really a unique situation. It's, ballet is awesome on, on its own. But you know, you have you have the dancers, you have live music, which is really cool. But then this has had an extra element. It's got a whole nother discipline that's involved in, which is spoken word. And so the way that Paul worked in Caroline into the ballet um, is just really, I think it's really innovative. And I think people are in for a big treat. I was perusing your website and in the project section, aside from the records that you've made with different groups and also as a soloist. I see that you are about to release a children's book. Yeah. You are a composer, as we've been talking about. You've done several speaking engagements, including TED Talks and keynote speeches at renowned colleges and universities. You've hosted a podcast about opera. You've been an artistic director for the Silk Road Ensemble and also an actor. Uh, so, you know, of all these things, what is kind of making you most excited these days? That's a really good question. As a, it's kind of got a twofold answer, I guess. As an artist, the thing that made me really excited was to do another opera, which I hadn't done in so long. And for the, for the reason that I just was so excited to go and be told what to do <laughs> and do one thing for like two and a half weeks show up here okay here do this do that and and just uh, i dove into this character and all i had to think about was singing right and being that character and there's something that's really attractive about that because i do so many different things and i do find myself a little bit like who am i like what am i doing you know so that was really amazing to have that experience but then this year i'm also involved in a lot of things that are going to exist beyond me you know there's the children's book i'm doing a, a video series about the banjo i'm doing i've just finished up a bbc series radio series and so these things exist outside of me which i'm very excited about because part of my mission has always been the education of where american music truly comes from and the multicultural aspect of it rather than you know there's white music and then everything else it's kind of like no there's just music in america and then there's all these different pieces of it so that i'm excited about that because you know it's just a it's a heavy mission sometimes so i i'm very key, keen to have some things that don't require me to actually live through these things on stage uh, as part of my show not to say i will stop doing that but it's just I'm, I'm excited to have some things contributing to the conversation that will be out there you know <laughs> without me without me <laughs> one thing that i've always been curious about is how you kind of transitioned from your career in opera all these years ago to you know these different modes of american music particularly like you said you're doing a video series on the history of the banjo and fiddle so how did that transition happen people just started calling me you know it's like i was pushing really hard for a long time and just feeling like what am i doing <laughs> 
you know, I, I just was, I couldn't be on stage without talking about this stuff, you know, and making it part of my show and really pushing a educational and sort of cultural mission project through like commercial music channels, which is really hard. And I was at that tipping point when the MacArthur came along and that's when I kind of went, okay, because I'm on the fifth year of that now. And it was like, oh, people are hearing me. Like this is actually making a difference. And that's what allowed me to do the ballet, the opera, these things that take actually a lot of time. You know, in that process, people just started calling me because I just became, you know, I've just been done so much research and I'm not, I'm not scared to bring up stuff in interviews, <laughs> you know, historical things. And I found a way of talking about it that is not off-putting, you know, but it, but it is very kind of to the center of the, of the piece. And so people just started calling me and say, hey, would you, would you make a speech here? Would you do this here? And so I always looked at it as an opportunity to learn something new to figure out a different way to get, you know, the podcast. I learned how to have a podcast voice. You know, I had to, that was a whole process, but now it really contributes to all, all the other stuff that I'm doing. So everything that I've accepted in has kind of made me a better person, you know, and made me a better performer in all the different ways that I that I do things. So, but it has been a little weird. <laughs> you know, some the people have come in and offered me sort of platforms to highlight this history. And so I've felt a responsibility to, to do that and also to try to spread that to other people and to highlight other people and you know like with the Native Daughters project and you know I take that quite seriously because I don't think I would be in the music industry without this sort of drive to do this I it's just such a it can be such a shallow <laughs> place I don't know if I could hack it so it keeps me focused well thank you so much for joining me on the program today Rhiannon thanks for having me <laughs> 